Fan podcast number 114. I'm your host, Dave. Find me on the Twitter at NumBillsFan, on the Instagram at David J. Palermo, and uh, alongside me. I'm actually across from you this time. Put my seat on the other side of the table. It's nice over here. The, yeah, view, the view is atrocious, but I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable. It's your boy, Adam D. Follow me on the Twitters at NumBillsAdamD. Follow us on Instagram. At Numbills fan, mine's Numbills Adam D on Instagram. It's literally just me and my kid and a bunch of delicious looking Mexican food. I swear to God, that's like all my Instagram is. Oh, and my stupid like twenty year old Audi that I'm deeply in love with. Do you hear me breathe on the mic too in your headphones? No, dog. I weigh like twice as much as you. I don't know. I feel like uh, <coughs> I hear myself sometimes. It's kind of weird. So uh, if, if you, you don't love it, turn your headphones down. I guess. I, I mean, I think it's part of the experience. So check us out on numbillsfan.com. If people don't know what podcasts are and you're trying to tell your friends or whatever, please. It, it's almost like you got to break down to people what a podcast is, the format, how to get to it. Adam and I were talking about it today. And um, if people are interested in listening to us and you know they are or you think they might enjoy us, please, by all mean, means, the best thing you could do is tell your friends about it. We have shirts coming up soon. We have all sorts of things in the works. But in the meantime, really, just tell your friends about it and tell them to go to numbillsfan.com. What happens when you go to numbillsfan.com is, uh, especially to the new listeners out there, uh, we we had an article up there on cover1.net called Talent, Eye for Talent, period, that I, David Palermo, wrote. And uh, to the new listeners out there, thank you for checking us out. But uh, if, if people don't know, don't know what podcasts are, tell them, numbillsfan.com. And what happens is, is it turns into a player, and you can actually put your phone into, you know, the sleep mode with your little dumb button thing on the side. I don't even know what the hell you call it. So uh, it'll run in the background like a player, which is pretty sweet. You have a play button on your lock screen, and you could stop it and do whatever. Or if you got Bluetooth headphones in or headphones with the button, you can push it. You can pause it. You can play it. And then, if you like it, we can help you out how to get subscribed to us. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. There are so many ways to do it. Yeah, and if you want to make us feel good about ourselves, give us a little review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that shit. Yeah, and also don't forget, if you missed it, Deacon just flew solo on our regular Wednesday night show on Facebook Live. Uh, Oh, it's tons of fun. Facebook.com, Numb Bills fan, and it is presented by Bills for Life. And those guys are awesome. Shout out to Chris Williams, Jamie Tilbury, uh, Nick oh. Papajalos at the Red Pencil Tailgate. The whole gang out there. They they run that Bills Mafia Facebook group. You already know, 61,000-plus members. The biggest Bills group by far. And get this. I was talking with Chris the other day. We are... This close to passing the Raiders and being the biggest fan group on 
on Facebook, the biggest single team fan group. That's that's huge, dude. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, there's a Jamie Tilbury is uh, the genius behind that, and you, you, you know what that says to me that these dudes are killing it. Right. There's a lot of things going on with with Buffalo sports, and it seems like there's a lot of talent to check out. So honestly, if you made it to us somehow, thank you so much. Uh, had an awesome weekend. Um, my band Borrowed Time. If you like metal and stuff, check them out. Borrowed Time Hardcore. You can find us. We got something. If you got Apple Play and uh, Spotify, you can go to Borrowed Time. And if you like the metal, maybe I'll just drop in like some kind of damn soundbite here. But uh, how about this? I, how about this? We'll post. We'll post something up on our on our Facebook page. Head over to facebook.com/numbillsfan. We'll throw we'll throw some borrowed time up. You can hit like check out our back content. There's videos. There's links to there's links to the articles we've done. Lots of good stuff over there. Yeah. So we'll throw that in as an added bonus if you like the medals. Well, Bills fans are everywhere, and I was in we were in Quebec City on on Saturday night playing with this band Sheer Terror, and it was pretty. Uh, or was that Friday night? One of those nights. I think it was yeah Saturday night, and it was awesome. But I thought, you know, the the way their their provinces out there, they're like huge. Like Ontario is enormous, and I and I know that Rico from uh, Bills fans over there, he he's from Gatineau, and it like slipped my memory. Like, oh wait, I've been to Gatineau mad times. So I'm like hitting him up, like, yo man, I'm in Quebec City, yada yada yada. I'm like, what's up, man? You want to come hang out? You want to say what's up? And he's like, well. Dude, you're four and a half hours away from me, and he's just telling me, get to poutine, get to poutine. Don't ask any questions. And it's like, man, what's up with Canadians and their poutine? Like, for real. Like, I respect it, and I've had some delicious poutine, but, like, I can't get over the damn cheese curds. You want to talk about texture with this spicy cabbage we got from the Korean restaurant? Oh, dude, I like, can't do the kimchi. I can't do the cabbage. I, I don't even do the egg rolls at the regular Chinese takeout. Yo, dude, it's killing me, man. Like, I, I, I respect... I respect that. I respect the culture behind the Putin or Putin or whatever yeah. you want to call it. No, no, that's that's the Russian guy that we don't want to tangle with. All right. Um, no, but you know what? For what it's worth, love Putin. Putin. I'm going to give a shout out, even though I don't know don't the, the actual Putin. name. But the little the little Putin truck that we got that goes around here in Rochester, I will put that lady's Putin up against any Canadian any day of the week. It's so good. Next question. Next Moving on. No, 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 no. Next question for you. Have you ever been in Canada? Oh, yeah. Several times. Where? Niagara Falls and Toronto. And I went to Montreal once. You did? Don't want to get into that story. Did you eat poutine in Montreal? I did not eat poutine in Montreal. Uh-huh. I drank about... I have. I drank about a quart of gin, stripped butt naked, fell down a flight of stairs, and broke my foot in front of a resort full of people. It was not. You told me the story. A high point in you my life. You told me the story, and was this like after maybe a Bills quarterback was benched or anything, or no? Was this like Flutie Johnson era, or was this when you were older? No, this was literally just a decision that I made to go on a trip with like three couples and me. <laughs> me by myself so it was like mad awkward so like i just kind of started wandering around it was like a it was like a camping resort there was like a pool and a lodge and shit but then we had like a campsite and 
I didn't want to listen to these dudes fight with their girlfriends. So I, I was, I started wandering around. I met some Canadians that just got me absolutely hammered. I mean, tanked in the bag. I don't, I will not touch gin ever again because of, because of that trip to Montreal. I got two words. Fuck that. So if you smell gin, do you just puke in your mouth? I don't, nah, it's not like that. It's just like, it's just like, you get zapped, you get zapped real good fucking with your panel box once, you're not going to do it again. I mean, you might do it again. Nah, I mean, I don't know, man. I got a similar story not to be like, hey man, I got a story too, bro. But I got to be that guy. And I will tell you, when I was a youngin, I don't want to incriminate my dad. Fuck it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I want to throw it out there. I wasn't even old enough to drink in the United States when all this happened. Oh, okay. I was Canada legal, but not America legal. Well, I was 14 in my story. And uh, uh, Run it. So they busted out this little, uh, I'll drink. I thought it was some big badass. It was, it was New Year's Eve. And uh, so I had wild turkey. Oh, dog. So they gave me wild turkey. And I was like, you know, I was like wrestling. So I thought I, I thought I had my shit together. Come on, you're face me. I'm an athlete. Yeah, I wrestled 103. I'm serious. <laughs> like, so, anyways. So I'm like thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, big mouth, as you could tell. And uh, I had the wild turkey, and it was just like a sampler thing. And my dad bought me like this little thing of Goldschlager one time when I was like 12. And I thought I was like the shit. Because we're, we're in the liquor store. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, not that I drank at that time, but I had it later on in life. And uh, essentially, I'm like, whatever. You guys ain't phasing me. So I had the wild turkey, right? And I'm like, oh, okay. Tough guy, huh? They're thinking this in their head. You know, they're laughing at me. They're in their late 30s. And they go, all right. They give me, uh, or early 40s. They give me, they bust out Jose. Jose Cuervo. Yeah. And they somehow got me to, I was just flying. Give me it all. You know, I just cop after little cop after little cop after little cop, you know. And they bust out shot glasses for me. I'm too stupid. Fast forward, like, three hours later, I'm like, Dad. After we're, like, sleeping on, like, a futon together, I'm like, Dad, what's going on, man? This sucks. Now, keep in mind, like, my dad's a pretty good drinker. He's like a really good drinker. It's it's a staple in his life. He's a great dude. Love my dad. But he can he can drink the beer. You know the credit. He's a lifer. He's good at it. Well, I'm like, Dad, I don't know what's going on here, man. Everything is spinning. Like, everything is spinning. This is, like, fucked. He says, nah, man, you're fine. You're fine. And I just end up going to the kitchen and, like, puking, like, the length of a damn coffee table. And it was, like, the worst and it was like the hardest lesson I ever learned. Yeah, man. Well, that wild turkey is that dirty bird. Dave and I used to play in a band together. And before he was in the band, he came in later. We started out as a four-piece. When you guys were good. We were never good. But we we eventually brought in Dave as a second guitarist because we sucked and we wanted to suck less. And it kind of backfired. But whatever. Um, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is so many times that freaking wild turkey almost put that band out of business. I think I punched all three of the other members at some point or another because of Wild Turkey. I, I'm not taking. I'm not taking responsibility. The name I is, won't. The name is really fitting. Yeah, yeah. It, it. That's exactly what it transforms you into. And dude, like I was playing Nintendo 64 the next day, and it was like that game. The hell's that game? Like, 
It had like uh, Super Smash Brothers. Nah, dude, it had like the tanks. It had the tanks, battle tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was playing right. the. F- oh, dude, I was crushing battle tanks. Not really, but like it was like the worst day of my life. It was like the worst day of my life. And and, and if I smell tequila to this day, it's over. I, I don't think I've had a shot of tequila since the incident. Like it's immediate like puke mouth. So, anyways, we're like twelve minutes into this shit. Yeah, I was no, gonna, gonna say if you this. if you came for some quick Buffalo Bills headlines, this is not the right podcast for you. It's yeah. nice to reminisce. <laughs> well, yo, don't welcome back to the show, everybody. Numbillsfan.com. Check us out. We got podcasts. We got videos. There's articles. Here, you want this or no? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Okay, so we're also on Punch Rock Sports. Uh, sports network coming out and um, punchrunksports.com and follow them on, on Twitter at punchrunk and there's a podcast with three comedians and it's really dope like they'll say things that like I won't even dream about saying and they get away with it and I'm not saying I can't I'm just trying to stay in my lane with this Bills talk here and if you want to hear some real talk I can get us a real talk but like I really care about like breaking down and debunking this all all this. I want to really just focus on objectively looking at the bills first. But like they uh, yeah, do a yeah, great yeah. podcast, especially with UFC coming up. Oh yeah, dude, their UFC their UFC stuff is hilarious too, man. Like just so good. And and while we're on the topic of the punch drunk guys, Sam Tripoli from Punch Drunk Sports, he's got a new album out, The Diabolical. It's on iTunes. Go go check it out. Yeah, and and. To give you an idea, their last podcast, Punch Drunk Sports Podcast, it is uh, really, it's hilarious. It's called The C-Word Limit, and they talk about the NCAA tournament, they talk about, you know, the Clippers, and really, something I learned was, I didn't know that one time Babe Ruth, in the middle of the seventh inning stretch... Went to, like, the bar across the street and came back with a six-pack. And they kind of tell the truth about Babe Ruth a little bit. And, and it's a little bit interesting because they get talking about athletes and whatever the hell. But um, it's always, like, pretty raw and, and, and red to listen to punch drunk sports. So if you like good sports talk and you're just sick of the homers doing their homer thing, then punchdrunksports.com. I don't know what else to tell you. They just cut it raw. You want to talk to your dad about sports or, you know, you got your filthy your filthy aunt over there who sh- talks a lot of shit, you know? That's what I'm saying. PunchDrunkSports.com, we're part, we are the, the podcast that will be covering the bills for them. So we're flattered to be with them. They're building something awesome. And um, all somehow in a weird way from Joe Rogan experience, I hear about Sam Tripoli, a few podcasts in like in the hundreds. And somehow we link up with them. So can't be prouder than to be a part of them. And don't forget, 25% off of sunglasses on ShadyRays.com. Punch in the promo code NUMBILLSFAN. Show some love. Tell your friends and family about us. And thank you for dealing with the first 12 minutes of this podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We're not sorry. I mean, (laughs) we're not. So, yo, on the real... The Bills, uh, last podcast we had, it had to do with, uh, we had Drew from Rockpile Report, and we really got talking about the general manager, if you guys listen, and it was kind of awkward because we're in the van, 
And I want to let Drew speak his piece because I like Drew. Drew is an awesome guy. He's very motivated. They work hard over there at the Rock Power Report. And that's our last podcast, uh, number 113. And what's dope about Drew is he's so hyper. Like, so much energy. I just picture, like, contest. Very passionate. Like, I, Very passionate. Like, so passionate. And I'll be honest, a lot of the shit he says, I don't really agree with. And I remember I was in, like, a group Facebook thread with him one time, and he's just like, yo, bashing the bills. And I'm like, yo, Drew, man, you got you to gotta relax. You got to relax, but it's not that bad. It's We're five plays in on the next season, you know? So it, he's a very, like Adam said, a very passionate dude. And I think it brings up some very interesting angles and points I never thought of. And one thing I always thought about with the cap or with, with, with the general manager is about the cap. I, I don't really think about the cap too much because I, I think that Jim Overdorf does a nice job worrying about the, the, the numbers. So now you've seen Jim Overdorf with Ralph Wilson. You've seen him with Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula. The dude can write contracts. Who, who, he seems to be at the top of that. So all that shit that, Maybe it's Overdorf's fault that people won't get signed. It's Overdorf. No, no, no. It wasn't. Clearly, somebody didn't want to pay. Um, but I also don't go by that notion with Ralph either. So maybe there are just different parameters to stay in. And maybe Ralph's a little old school. You never know for a contract. Point being is the front office, Drew kind of got me thinking that if you draft well, you really do get the the, the you do get the cheapest players for value. And to put it in perspective, you could pay a guy like Brandon Marshall a bunch of money, or you could draft a, a young up-and-comer Mike Williams and pay him $2 million this coming season. And what we got talking about really sparked – I had this article that I was that I was had notes about called 10-Year Starter – <clears throat> excuse me, that started to write. And it was about, I, I thought that the premise going into the article would be about that I think drafting somebody because he's a 10-year starter is completely overrated and that it doesn't matter. This is a league, the NFL is a league where you come in, you come out. What have you done for me lately? There's no loyalties. And until the team showed they actually care about the players and with free agency, these, these players don't really, unless they re-sign, they, they don't really make like a, 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 an old school connection to the heart of the fans. And, and with these teams picking up a movement, you kind of lose that value too. And it's like you've got so many different ways to go uh, about drafting. And I think, a 10-year starter doesn't matter because you ain't going to guarantee me that Watkins is going to re-sign here if he's really that good. I don't give a shit. He's going to want to go somewhere that has a great quarterback because that's the smartest move for his career, and I can't blame him. So a 10-year starter, this article evolved into an article I ended up writing for CoverOne.net titled Eye for Talent, period. And... That 
is an article that I just, frankly, just vented on the, the I thought, the most objective path. I, I could have wrote literally three times. I could have wrote a novel of, of this article. And, I, and there's a lot of things that if people have read the article up on CoverOne.net, Eye for Talent, period. Um, there's a lot of things that if people want to debate about or, or talk about, I, I gladly will on Twitter, at NumBillsFan. And um, I think it's about time we start looking objectively at, at the team and maybe take everything into effect because it's so easy to take the low-hanging fruit and really just crush everybody. But but it gets to a point where it's like an erroneous article from a guy like La Confora or somebody derails everything, and then you got to hear about it later in the season. It kind of gets old, and it's really exhausting because you know you got people that really want to talk serious about their Bills team. That that these these guys are the same ones that want the coach gone, the same ones that want the quarterback gone, the same ones that now they want the GM gone. You know, same guys are saying it's time to get rid of Knicks or promote Whaley. And how about we just take an objective view at it? So I, I pretty much try to, in the article, just point out that the general manager has many different ways to find talent. The end of the game is where is the talent coming from? You cannot tell me that Reggie Ragland and Shaq Lawson would have made the Pro Bowl if they were healthy this year. And 110% have your average NFL player injury thing. Or, yeah, you have some things nicked up. What's the difference between that and Preston Brown and Lorenzo Alexander? Making the Pro Bowl in a defense that ranked bad. And it's like, people can't answer that. And that's an issue I got. Where's the talent coming from? Who cares? The talent's on the roster. With Overdorf, the guy can clearly do contracts. They're very cute. They're very clever. Say what you want. That Tyrod Taylor contract was genius. I don't know which one's better, the first one or the second one. Right. Yeah, I mean, we got an even better deal. I mean, the entire time we were like, "Oh my god, are they going to activate are they going to activate his contract?" Like the whole time I was like, "This is a good price for what what he provides to the offense. Like it, it works. He, he is being paid fairly for where he ranks amongst quarterbacks, but now they got him for less. So that works out. That works out well. And I got, you got to tip the hat there. Like, (coughs) and the only way you can repay this guy for taking that pay cut, surround him with weapons. You you can't tell me, you know, people want to argue about, stuff because dude can't find a quarterback he somehow got Tyrod Taylor to sign here and if you hate Rex Ryan you might want to credit Rex Ryan on that and, and for Doug Wavy to get a player that they liked and Tyrod Taylor yeah, like I think Rex Ryan lost his job for the same reason I always lose my job because like he just didn't want to take shit from from his boss he was just like yo fuck this I don't want to bench my quarterback this is bullshit it's totally some shit I would say at work and they'd be like you know what just just take your things and go. <laughs> Have you done it double digits or no? Come on, dog. You know the answer to that. That ain't nobody's business but but mine. You're in the twenties. <laughs> you pile of shit. <laughs> they didn't need to know that. 
Well, if anybody needs temporary help, don't call a deacon. This is episode number 114 of Numb Bills Man podcast. If I did a podcast about each job I've had, it, it would have more episodes than this probably. And the cycle of life of work at a job. Dude, man, I think I'm going to own this place one day. Like a week in the price, right? Nah, I never said I was going to own that place, man. No, you're like, man, I really think there's something here. Yeah, <laughs> a week later, I was like, this is hell. <laughs> I am living in hell. <laughs> Fast forward three days. Yeah, fuck that place. Found something else. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go back to being a machinist. That, like, pays where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I really like doing this. It was fun, though. No, I mean, I need that change of scenery. I can't I can't do the same thing day in and day out, man. I really, I really can't. All right, so before I derailed us with dumb... <laughs> crap um what what we were saying is pretty much uh you know tyrod taylor i think that 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 the team if if doug whaley found mcdermott right or was leading the search i always think that there's a conspiracy could the bills be painting a picture to right out front and center Whaley is leading the search. So it looks good, like, because all fans want to know is, hey, who's running the show over there? What are these guys doing? Just playing Tetris on their phone? When? What does Doug Whaley do all day? I don't know. He just, you know what? He he just makes, like, millions of dollars for bringing in talent that he doesn't bring in. I guess he really doesn't do anything. And if you want to count the Pro Bowlers since... Whaley and Knicks have been here. And then the years prior to that, I would say like the same amount of time prior, you would have a hell of a lot more talent on the Bills than you do. When Buddy Nix and Shane Gailey took over this team, the Bills roster was depleted. Here we go. I've heard this before. Yeah, I guess pretty much that's in the article. But it's just like, yo, really, give it a little credit here. Just... Hold your horses. Let the dude get to the draft. Let's see how we plug these holes. We got this quote-unquote new culture. McDermott's here. Yay. And you know what? The team's going to tackle a lot better. If the team tackled a lot better last season and the Bills were still running for five yards a clip, they would be not just a top 10 offense, but probably a top five. Because they would have more opportunity last season to throw the ball, to do other things, to run the ball. Imagine if they had a team that could tackle. And you got a coach that like went to states and shit for wrestling. This team's going to be able to tackle. Believe that. Believe that. So now you're telling me you bring in Rick Dennison. Who, oh, you know what? Some people are like, oh, you know, I wouldn't really connect the dots on that. I know because... You know, Doug Whaley's so dumb and finds this talent under a damn rock, brings in Roby, scouts Roby, he gets into a second contract. You know, he just finds talent everywhere. And you know what? You know what he's not going to do? What's that? Maybe suggest to McDermott, hey, um, or McDermott, how's your booklet looking of quote-unquote coaches that you want to work with? Um, We got Tyrod Taylor. We think that Rick Dennison would be great. If somebody shoots out some bullshit signals that they want McCoy, you know what I'm saying? Like, and next thing you know, you got McDermott, who is the off- a very experienced offensive coordinator, has worked with Tyrod Taylor. Like, come on. So now you got play action. It's going to leave. That, that's like the huge deal. 
You're telling me you're not psyched in that, that this Rick Dennison thing wasn't really meant to be? It doesn't get any better. You find an offensive coordinator that worked with a quarterback that you ha- can afford at a very good rate, and you have a new draft coming up, and what if Shaq Lawson and Reggie Ragland, what if that's Sean McDermott's draft, actually, not Rex Ryan's draft, because you have Lawson in a 4-3. Yeah, I'll take it. So let's talk about players that have transcended coaches. I don't know why the hell I'm yelling, but once I start, I don't want to stop. I wish we were. Uh, I wish we were video videoing this. Dude, the hands are flying. Oh my god! I'm gonna karate chop this glass. He's sweating marinara out his pores. It's ah, uh, but I'm just saying. It's like you find all this talent, and people are just like. These are bright ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like, you found talent that can transcend coaching staffs. That's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy. Right, man. Right. And, I mean, obviously, it's it's Buffalo. So, <sighs> McDermott's not going to get along with Whaley. Like, Rex didn't get along with Whaley. Like, Marone didn't get along with Whaley. That was the report this week, right? Jason Lockhamfora. Yeah. So mm. then we hear then we hear, you know, Coach McDermott get on get on at the uh owners meeting and say it was a seamless transition. He's in my office, I'm in his office, everything sounds all good. Keeps saying seamless transition, you know, that was that was the catchphrase. And uh you know, Terry Pagula comes on, co-sign, co-signs the entire thing, says, says, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. I know what they're talking about. That's Lot Cam Fora taking that low-hanging fruit, man. He's, you know, we've, we've struggled for almost two decades now. He's, he's counting us out before, before camp even starts. He's, and, and to him, that's a safe bet. Oh, the Bills aren't going to win. The Bills never win, right? And, that, and and it happens to us every year. And every year we get all worked up about it. So and so said so, said such and such about the front office doesn't like the coaching staff and vice versa. Every year. Every year. They just counted us out. That's all it is. I don't count us out. If you're listening to this, you probably don't count us out. So forget forget what can uh what can for us said. Nonsense. And, yo, that's the guy who had Tom Coughlin locked up. I mean, John Murphy rips on a dude all the time. And it's like, I mean, and at the same time, you know, I, I sometimes think that, that that whenever this shit comes out, it's like one Bill's Drive throws like a wet blanket on the fire, like immediately. And that kind of scares me a little bit. And at the same time, you talk to a guy like Rob Quinn from, uh, we had Rob Quinn. On our podcast, a couple podcasts ago. Number 112. 112, Rob Quinn from uh, com. Check him out. Um, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, a lot of the guys in Buffalo, no one's getting really stories. No one, the, the, the league has kind of stopped since they've swapped out some front office guys, you know. So, uh, like, Scott Burchill is not in the same position anymore. And it's like kind of weird how maybe the leaks have stopped and a big guy like lock on four gets a scoop. Do you follow me? Yeah. So it's, it's a little fishy. 
And the fact that, like, LaCavora still has a job, I mean, I don't you, – it, it's weird. So I kind of look at it like this. Um, if you want to be positive or glass half full, the one positive you have going on is um, Terry Pagula going, yeah, we want dude to – like McDermott to be the face of the franchise. That's the talks we had was we want him to be the face of the franchise. And me personally – I've been hammering the table like, why does it matter if Doug Whaley can talk well if he can do his job? Because there is talent on the roster. There is a lot of talent. He might not nail the first rounders, but last I checked, it's like you got to judge him after three years, right? So you got the Watkins thing. Well, Watkins has been injured. Yeah, but. Anyone, and, and who's next, Ronald? You, anyone you know, like, will tell you when he's healthy, he's elite. Right, so it's like you got to let that go. There's that word again. Dude took a chance. So get over it. What I'm saying is is I think that Terry Pagula it made the right decision. Get Doug Whaley behind the scenes. Have Sean McDermott talk to guys. Have him be the one that is really the head of the franchise. Terry Pagula don't talk much. Yeah, well, I, I mean – since he since his initial press conference, we really haven't heard from McDermott either until now, you know. So, let's roll into that. Yeah, I mean, he comes out and he he's got some things to say, you know. Oh, by the way, um, shameless plug again: CoverOne.net, great content. Please check them out. Uh, best like play breakdowns, play our everything opinion. They even have a podcast. Shout out to Eric Turner over there. And uh, again, my article is up there. I for talent period and pretty much what we just talked about, but in a more in depth angle. So, um, what we were saying is, is Sean McDermott, he talked a bunch at these owner meetings, saying there's like the AFC East coaches meeting, and um, one headline caught our eye, and I I heard Murph reporting about. It. I'm at work and I started losing my shit, and when the line yeah. that came out. The the thing that we talked about you not wanting to see happen hit the headlines. What happened? What did they say, Dave? The headline to me and what Murph was saying, which they owned the next day and said they, 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 they messed up, was Raglan to be the starter at middle linebacker. And I'm like, get the what? fuck out of here. Because we, we had literally just talked about how you're not going to put a guy coming off an ACL that's never taken a snap in that position. That was... That was your take. I think I think it was one. When did we talk about? It? I don't remember what episode we talked about that. It was recent though. We don't got to wax balls. Listen, listen to all of them. You'll find it. I don't know. It was cool, but really, no. I, I and then come to find out that just means that going into camp, Reggie Raglan is going to be starting out his middle his linebacking career in the middle. Which makes a lot of sense because you can go downhill pretty damn quick. And what makes me wonder, too, is I had this idea. Did they draft that Foster kid at 10 and pair him up with, with Reggie Ragland if he's a leader? Say, like, he does win the job if there is a competition. Right. He missed the combine with a with a shoulder surgery, right? No. That's the guy who got kicked out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Remember the dude was flipping? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but he has a lot of character issues. So, I don't see the Bills taking 
Foster out of Alabama. Here I go thinking like I know what the hell I'm talking about about college football. But the Reggie Ragland thing had me flipping. It's not that I doubt Reggie Ragland, so don't take it like that. No, no, no. It's a rookie that's coming off an, a, a, a brutal injury. They say it takes two years to get over to be 100% again. It's like, man, it's a lot on his plate. And, and, and for the love of him, I don't want to really mess with that I think Preston Brown is, as I always say, coach's son. Preston Brown, I'd rather have him out there who are going to have more natural instincts. And I believe Preston Brown, some people say he's not as athletic. I think he's an underrated player. I think he's a very solid player for the Buffalo Bills. And that's a guy that, that I would want in the middle of the defense, to be honest with you. like. And then Roto World has a little stupid... I got to just start saying out loud to the Twitterverse, like, thoughts on that. Like, roll the world. Oh, what, well, Preston Brown's on the on the trading block? Yeah. Yeah. Like, come on. What'd you do? Look at the depth chart? Oh, who's our, who's supposed to be our middle linebacker? What, somebody tweet you guys? You guys just put some well, you, bullshit You might have heard a rumor about Reggie Ragland being a starter, and you're going to jump to the jump to the, to the nearest conclusion? Cool. Thanks. R- right. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, tis the season, though. Everyone's everyone's trying to write about something right now. Yeah, you know what else it's time for? Bill Stadium talks. Like, uh, really? boo! <laughs> Not on this podcast. I won't have it. Yeah, like I'm so over. I'll that. quit right now. <laughs> you ready for me to storm off? We haven't had a storm off yet. I've never stormed off. I don't know how I've I've showed up to a hundred plus anything's and not stormed off. No, you did one. You left one time, man. I, oh, I left mad, but not during the show. You put on your backpack. You're like, you know what, Dave? You know what? You don't make this fun. <laughs> All right, so back back to Sean McDermott. So yo, I took the bus that night. Yeah, you were pissed. I was pissed. <laughs> So um, back to uh, Sean McDermott. So Micah Hyde was really plan A of what they wanted safety. And a lot of people around the league circles are saying uh, very good signing. Not the flashiest signing, you know, but a very good value, I guess you would say, for what Sean McDermott's going to ask for. And he's going to start at safety and then move around from there. Yeah, once he learns he's, the played, he's played nickel corner. And, I mean, this wasn't a... This wasn't like a guy that they just kind of ended up with. This was a day one plan A targeted man. Like they saw what he could do and they were like, yeah, we got to get him in here. I like that. And yo, that's that's an upgrade over I think pretty much anyone we had on last year's roster once Aaron Williams was out. I mean, you know, kind of like Blanton at first. I liked what he was doing. I, I He's mean, still available. They could bring him back. I wouldn't be mad about it. I think that's good depth. But I mean, if not, I'm okay. I'm okay too. I think I like the thought of Blanton better than he played. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I like the versatility thing, which is pretty much like it, it, I don't know, man. All these safeties have been corners or can be corners. And Micah Hyde is a hell of an athlete. I mean, pick up any interviews with him that you could find. 
And uh, again, another high character guy. Yeah, very, that, very focused player. Yep, captain of the special teams. So it's pretty tight that they actually had a plan on that to all the people out there. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. What are they doing, man? I want to read too much into this Rick Dennison thing. Why would you want like an offensive coordinator who's worked with the quarterback before? I wouldn't read too deep into that. No, I don't think it's a thing. No, I don't think it's a thing. Yeah, so uh, also he dropped the nugget. Number two receiver already on the team, Sean McDermott was saying. Take that how you want it. Take that how you want it. I think that could be Charles Clay or that could be LaShawn McCoy. For all I care. I don't think you're going to. You're going to say we have a number two receiver if you mean you're running back or your tight end. I really don't. A lot, of the, a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion that, like, Andre Holmes has an inside track here. I don't necessarily think that's true. Um, I think it's just corny at doing smoke screens, to be honest with you. Maybe. Like, nope, he's already on the roster. Okay. Uh, Reggie Reagan's going to start. How I don't know. There's, there's, okay. also the, there's also the theory that uh, – he might mean Sammy Watkins, that, that they plan on taking a receiver high, and it's a guy who's going to push for the number one spot. There's that theory. I don't know, man. The play action. I don't know. My crystal ball ain't working today, so I couldn't, I couldn't tell you for sure. Everybody's talking at play action. I'm just picturing Charles Clavey and Greg Olson. Yo, and let's be real. This is the Buffalo Bills. Like Greg Olson is like wide Open, like, like, yeah, wide open all the time. But no, I'm, I'm just saying, man. I think it's a little early to be crowning anyone the number two receiver. Let's see, let's see who makes it out of training camp with both knees this year and both feet. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You know what we should do though is like. If the first round pick and the second round pick get hurt in training camp, we should fire the general manager. I think that's what the Bills should do. They should, they should fire somebody over injuries. You knew, you knew he was going to tear his ACL. You know. So, uh, you know, he also mentioned uh, they, they started talking defense, and McDermott again is setting is doing coach speak about the defense. You know, are you going to play more of a man defense? You going to play his own? Leslie Frazier plays a zone defense like make no mistake your defensive coordinator is a zone defensive coordinator so uh mcdermott smokescreen is weak um i expect them you know Kevon seymour is a little bit weird because he's more of a man corner as eric turner's telling me he's like he, he seems like uh you know how do you mcdermott saying how do you uh you know how, how do you make these guys fit well, you tailor your system to it, which is true. Okay, well, I just hope that Kevon Seymour can play his own defense. I don't know. And when I think about a guy going from man to zone, I think of an easy example is Darrell Revis. When Darrell Revis left New York and went to Tampa Bay, he did not thrive in his own defense. So it makes me a little bit nervous with Kevon Seymour being more of a man corner. And um, frankly, I wouldn't be shocked if they draft a guy they they have to draft a corner in the draft. Every year you draft a cornerback. This is what you do. And I think Kevon Seymour, as far as a man corner, 
I, I was saying last year, I think he was like maybe the steal of the draft with that LASIK surgery and all that stuff he had because he's a – anything you hear about Kevin Seymour is a hell of an athlete. And if he's a hell of an athlete, that that might mean that he has a hell of a work ethic. You know what I'm saying? So you never know. They got to go to camp with him. They they drafted him. So I'm, I'm just hoping that if Kevin Seymour can, can fit the scheme somehow that they're trying to do, that would be great. And that will be a bonus. At the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if they, they draft a couple defensive backs this season. And, you know, make no make no mistake. I don't know if the Porter kid that the Bills brought in is going to be the guaranteed, like, starter at the opposite Micah Hyde. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he, has he, was having, he was having a career year before he got hurt. So, I mean, he was like, he was like leaps and bounds better than, than his previous two or three seasons he had. So you think he was just busting out? You think that, that they caught him on the ascending trail and they're going to give him a shot? Or do you think that there's like a guy, there's a couple safeties that people might want top 20, you know? So it's like. The hooker kid, you know, I don't know. I don't know shit about these guys. I, yeah, I, I mean, and, and me, I'd rather take, I would rather personally take a Poyer over a first-round draft pick because I would rather have a McDermott system. You want guys, if you want to win now, you want guys who, who you want as little, I think as little rookies on the field as possible. You don't want to, I don't know, man. Those safeties got to do some thinking out there. And I don't think I want a rookie out there, first year as my coach, that's like career suicide, I think. But you never know because if they really go best player available, which is, I think, stupid for this draft. I think this is the draft where, where if it's really that deep, what the hell do I need? You mark down what you need. If you think you get the best right tackle well, well, no, I at think- 10 and, and, and on your draft board, because I'm not, I'm not your draft board. I don't know where these guys got these guys ranked. If on your board and in your system, which I will trust them, because you've nailed on Central Henderson in the seventh round, you've nailed uh, as Miller is a right guard. I don't, you know, like you got Roby as an undrafted free agent. You have an eye for talent. That the, you know what I'm saying. So like, I'm gonna trust. And I know yeah, it's no, four only, of, four of those five guys are top fucking notch on that offensive line. And especially with Groy, like I wonder if Groy could even compete for right tackle. Like, oh, I'm I'm sure they're gonna I'm sure they're gonna find out. They're probably gonna try everything. They're gonna find That's out. They, offensive line, they always do some crazy shit. They're gonna find out. They're probably gonna they're probably gonna do that flip flop uh, Glenn and Quanjo Yo, scenario you, you, you too. You know, Quanjo's working his ass off right now at the right tackle spot. Right now, he's probably freaking walking backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He's like, man. He's like, pay me. Yo, you're killing me. All right he does now. is stagger, stop. Right foot's just leading. Bam, 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 bam. You know, and uh, but man, it's like if I'm if you if you trust the Bills, the the Bills front office, which I I, I do in the scouting department, and it's very easy to see that. Talk to anybody who doesn't want to be a douchebag and look at the team objectively. There's no way you can tell me that the roster hasn't been better the last few years than it was six or seven years ago on average. Like, come on, stop it. You're you're just you're just hating your life. You gotta go get exercise. 
Do whatever you do in the, in the dark. I don't care. Maybe with the lights on. I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. And then come back and look at your dumb team. All I'm saying is, if you trust the system that you have set up and you have a safety at 10 that you want, you have a linebacker at 10 that you want, you have a cornerback at 10, I don't care. I would care if you had a kicker ranked at 10. But frankly, I'm going to back you because you're my team and I've trusted a lot of the decisions you have made. And I want to see where you're coming from. So I really don't think they could go safety, but if they were shocked at 10 or, or if they grabbed one at 10, I wouldn't be too shocked because things happen, man. Like things happen. They might be just like so happy that dude fouled him. And I don't think you're grabbing a, an interior lineman early in this draft. You got Adolphus Washington. He showed a lot of promise and coming from the third round last, or second. Wait, fuck. What was he? Wasn't Cardale Jones third round? No. Washington was third round. Jones was fourth round. That's right. That's right. My B. Oh, my God. My life right now. I used to love saying Adolphus Washington was a third round draft pick and he comes in. Anyways, dude was awesome. I thought for being a rookie, like he did what was asked of him. And you had other guys coming in that do, you know, like Shaq Lawson was not bad. Yeah, yeah. No, I I feel like Adolphus was probably. I I feel like that one's got Rex Ryan's initials carved on it, though, for sure. Look, he didn't get the best rap because of some shit that happened at Ohio State. But make no mistake, the dude's a good football player, Adolphus. He's a very good football player. And that's what I'm saying. You're not going to go interior lineman this early. I don't think you need to. I don't know if you end up going. Um, I don't know if you end up going wide receiver. But to be honest with you, you know what I keep thinking more of is Rick Dennison likes to run two tight end sets a lot. And all I hear about is this O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard underutilized. Look, we did in an underutilized offense. O.J. Howard, O.J. Howard, tight end out of Alabama, O.J. Howard. And I have not watched anything. I, I just, I don't know. I am bad at the draft because it's like there's so much information out there. If you want to study a thousand players, go for it. Yeah. But I usually just, meanwhile, binge, I just binge right before. Meanwhile, my dude Chris Gregg sitting out there with no contract. Waiting him out. Nick O'Leary's been showing some promise, too. Raw dog. No gloves. I wish that nickname we came up with, Nick O'Leary, would stick. Raw dog. No one cares. No gloves. Raw dog, Nick O'Leary. No glove, all love, baby. It's like that song. Wrap it up and I'll take it. He ain't rapping it. He's taking it. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, yo, a little respect out there. Um. I'm going to talk about the Oakland the Oakland move real quick. Uh, Bills talk-wise, I mean, I think that's about it. I don't really, I don't know. We can, we're going to podcast soon. If you guys have something to say, hit us up on Twitter, at NumBillsFan, at NumBillsAdamD. Um, but I really wanted to talk about the Raiders moving. Um, did you want to open up thoughts on that, or did you want me to roll? My thoughts? Steven Ross kept it real. The owner from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders vote. 
almost unanimous. 31 to 1. Stephen Ross said, nah. Don't move to Las Vegas. And, and what he said is teams should pay for their own damn stadium. He didn't say own damn, but I'm, I'm paraphrasing and, and throwing other words in here. But uh, he said teams should pay for their own stadium. And I respect him for for taking taking the fan angle. He said, you got to look at the fans here. And I can I can relate with that so hard because it wasn't that long ago that we were like, oh, no, our team's going to move. Are they going to Toronto or are they going to L.A.? Who's going to buy them? Donald Trump? Bon Jovi? But no, here we are, Terry Pagula. Still in Buffalo, still doing our thing. And it, it just sucks so hard for the city of Oakland, man, because, like, like we were talking about before, things things were really looking up for that team. They were a twelve win team this year. They went twelve and four. Then you know, end of the season, Derek Carr breaks his leg. Everything's kind of downhill from there, and now they're moving to Las Vegas. That was their best season since two thousand. Uh, you know, under Gruden with with uh, Glenn in there. I mean, that Raiders team was badass, and. It, it all fell apart from there. And it, it just sucks because, like, I could only imagine if, like, that that happened to us. We finally turned the corner. We're finally on our way. We finally make the playoffs. And then they fucking move us to Las Vegas. It yeah. Just, it just felt so familiar. And, and, yeah, there's people who are literally pissed that Terry Pagula voted yes. They're like, how how could he, how could he do that? Now here's what's weird: is they say Oakland and San Francisco are like like really close to each other, like across the bay, right? And what I don't understand is a couple things. One, it's got to suck if you're a resident of Erie County, or you live in Orchard Park and you pay for this damn stadium, and you probably don't get no discount on your ticket, and you're chipping in. A few dollars of your $5,000 to $10,000 to $15,000 of property taxes into this stupid freaking stadium. And you got to now pay a shitload of money. And I heard a caller calling the John Murphy brought up a great point. He's like, yeah, it's to pay for a public funding. But last I checked, they can't just go on the turf and go play with my kids. And it's like. Oakland's been asking for a stadium. The Raiders have been asking for a stadium for 10 years. And what I don't understand, you you have, like, Silicon Valley, like, right over there. All these, like, Google dudes. Why the hell can't you come up with some kind of creative incentive to get people to have X amount of dollars for a startup and come up with something? Like, you're missing something. Somebody in the Raiders is not cutting edge enough. To come up with ideas to pay for their own stadium. I'm sorry. There is something up. How do you not find investors? How do you, with a Raiders brand, not come up with something cute to sell some kind of limited edition merchandise? I don't know what you got to do. I don't know if you got to hire people and just have, like, a constant renaissance festival in, your, in the stadium to, like, do it. It's like, I just think about all the, the, all the merchandise sales, and, and I understand it, like, but you have contracts and you know, for vendors and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, in a simple plan, I just think, like, man, well, if it costs you, like, X amount of dollars to make this in a merchandise world and you can double your profits 
and you own a brand of the Raiders, which is one of the best travel teams ever, which is a whole other thing for Vegas, by the way, that, that I'd like to dive into. Um, it's like, how do you not come up with a way to fund and build a stadium? I don't understand. You're part of the NFL, the biggest sports league. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Mark Davis didn't want to give up ownership of the team. That was the issue, yada, yada, yada. I don't understand, you know, California, they say, has no money. You know, and it's a lot of money to build a stadium, obviously. But you have the Oakland A's. Why Why can't they design a damn stadium that could do both? You know what I mean? I, I know it's not the right way to go. Last I checked, it's 2017. I'm sure they could come up with something. Because they do it for... Over here for, like, Frontier Field in Rochester, they'll do events on that damn field and they'll take down the mound. Who cares? Like, figure it out. Figure it out. Like, and and you know what? You want to compromise? How come back in the day at the Astrodome, you had just, like, the four little squares, remember, for baseball? Yeah. Why couldn't they just do that? I don't know, So then you only have one shitty area of dirt. Like, Jesus, you want your team to stay in Oakland at the same time, like, I think Vegas is a huge opportunity. They have almost 2 million people within that county, and that's a great they, – they try to report 700K. I think there's actually not 2 million, but yeah. there's over a million. It's a Raiders move to move. That's like – that's the most boss move ever. It's just like Al Davis will be like, fuck you and fucking pay me and blow me. <laughs> I'm fucking out of this shit. Vegas wants to pay? Dig up Sinatra. We're fucking partying. Where's the rat pack? Yo, yo, that's see, that's the thing that's, though. And we'll do that beat. Dog, these players are gonna be partying their asses off out there. I mean, right now, right now, there's a rule. There's a league rule that prohibits NFL referees from going to Las Vegas during the football season. Yeah. They can't even go there. They can't go to no sports books. They don't want them there at all. So they're going to have to rewrite that rule. Yeah, they're really going to stay in Oakland, though, for two years. Really? I mean, you can't work something out with a college or something, UNLV. I I mean, I I don't understand. You're putting putting the dumbass Chargers into L.A., the dumbest idea I've ever heard, into like a 30,000... Seat stadium. So that tells me that stadiums, they're important, but, like, you clearly don't care that much. You really don't care that much. You want So why can't you just move them to a college? It can't be worse than the Coliseum. Well, I, I, I read something somewhere about maybe trying them out in San Antonio in the meantime. Not, not for a permanent move, but San Antonio's like, well, if things don't work out with Oakland, you can come play here. Really? I don't know where. I, I didn't. I you read know, the headline, not the article. And you want sue me? You want to know something? They're having an interesting conversation on Punch Drunk Sports between Jason Tebow and Sam Tripoli um, about what kind of fans are going to go to the games as Raider fans. Is it going to be more Raider fans in Vegas, or is it going to be more transplants coming to see the out of town teams? And Sam Tripoli. Lived in Vegas. I believe he said he went to College of Vegas. He talks about it on, on his podcast. Um, 
And it's, he's a guy who does a lot of shows there. He's toured the country. And he's just, he just knows the area. I would trust his judgment. So um, really interesting to hear his thoughts on it. But the conversation was clearly geared towards the what kind of fans are going to show up. And, and if it's any testament to Buffalo fans, like if there's an example out there, I went to a Toronto Bills game, and it was against the Washington team. It was weird. And I would not be shocked. I mean, if you're telling me that the Bills would be playing in Vegas tomorrow, tickets go on sale, and they could somehow be in Vegas in like a brand new stadium tomorrow, tickets go on sale, I would book the flight. And I think that's what you're going to get. At the same time, it also gives Raider fans a chance to book tickets themselves to Vegas ASAP from around the country. And you could also look at it like the zombie apocalypse when Raider fans just ruin Las Vegas and they really do dig up all the Rat Pack and spawns of Satan around the world and all the old mobsters. So you could go that way with it too. I I could see both points of views that Sam Tripoli and Jason Tebow are bringing out, which is Tebow don't think. You're going to have as many Raider fans, same things you will. I don't know. In Buffalo, Toronto series, it was awful. I was surrounded by so many Redskin fans. It, it, it did not. It, I felt like it, it felt being watching the Bills in the Sky Dome. What the hell that thing's called? Rogers Center now. Uh, it was awful. It was a staleless environment. The turf was just shitty. Just like absolute dog shit. Looks like somebody like took bleach and spread it around. Somebody came in with the tractor and let out some dirt. And then they tried to like wash it up and then recolor in where the turf like looked like light green dookies. Or it was bright spots. I don't know. It looked almost like awful tie-dye from a farm, farm, farm color edition. Something stupid. The experience was just weird. There's no tailgating. So I don't know how it would be in Vegas. That's a different story. Um, but as far as the fans, you could not tell it was a Bills home game. It was so neutral. It was so just like you were at a seminar for something and then people were cheering. And people are just cheering for every play. It was awkward. It's one thing. To be in Rolf Wilson Stadium and have Raider fans come in, that's cool to me. That, like, they do travel so well. That Steeler fans do travel. Like, that's neat. You know, I ain't going to get mad at that. That's cool. That shows your dedication because I'm with you. That's what I want to do. You know, that's what Kenny Pintotelgate does. Dudes dudes out at those games. Every single one. Every single one. Right. That guy is a lifer. And that's why we like those guys. Like that's 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 crazy. And it's like that's different than going to a neutral site where it's supposed to be a home game and you can't it it, it it's like it just doesn't have the feel. It, it's just not the same. And at the 
if the Raiders go and play in San Antonio and then they go play in Vegas, it's like, what is this? The fucking circus? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it ain't hard to make banners. And in, in if anything, the Raiders played in, like, the dumpiest of dumps. Some people are shocked it's still standing. So how high are your standards, NFL? And now, it, it, to, to get out of this, actually, I kind of want to rant. Do you have anything else on that? I know I just ran about nah, nothing. Nah, killing it. But one thing with Roger Goodell, he's like, you know, we want to make this uh, – X amount of billion dollar businesses NFL. One thing you didn't have on the docket was integrity. They try to come out the gate. They want to try to tell you how you should live your life. Weed is bad, but you got to sign this this paperwork that says uh, you can use this painkiller, but we're not responsible if something happens to you. You don't want to talk about guys with the pill problems, but you want to brag about, oh man, we suspended so and so for weed. Cool. You guys suck. And you don't want to take care of your players. Like, it, it's it's crazy. It's craziness. The integrity, like, he, it's like Adele's focused on sometimes the wrong stuff. And I think they get some things cool. Like, I love the centralized replay. I am pretty stoked on the centralized replay. I mean, we've been saying it this whole time. You got to get these calls right. But one thing he talks about is speed of getting the calls. And that's something that's kind of. Like, who cares? Like, are you just trying to, at the end of the season, be like, look, we made the games shorter. Look what we did. And we kept the same amount of commercials, and no one knew. Huh. Like, there's something up his sleeve. They're spending something right now, the league, that I don't understand. And I don't understand why these officials aren't full-time. It it bothers me. There's so many millions and billions of dollars in players' lives and coaches' lives and front offices and at stake. And you don't have, like, full-time officials fully invested with the same amount of accountability. Um, So, I mean, it just seems like a league of just, yeah, we're going to make a lot of money. But we're not going to have as much integrity on the way. And it's just kind of, like, slimish. Like, I feel like when you're pulling these teams up and out of cities, even if you're St. Louis... You know, you just lost your team. I understand they moved from L.A. there, but, like, that sucks. You also had the St. Louis Cardinals as well that moved. Like, that sucks. Yeah. So, it's, I don't know. I I could not imagine what would happen in Buffalo if the Bills weren't here. And we're in Rochester. And it's like the Bills are an integral part. So many Bills fans. And if you see somebody wearing a, a Patriots jersey, they're probably... You walk away from them, they're an adult. But they're usually like 20 or under. And you can't blame them. I like Michael Jordan as a kid. Why? Because he's amazing. So you got a number 12 jersey. What's that tell you? You could be a flop. You can get Rule Skull for you. No, just kidding. Tom Brady's good. Oh, I know. I know. Well, that's pretty much it. Thanks for sticking around. Find us, NumBillsFan, on Twitter. That's NumBills, Adam D, NumBillsFan.com. Um, please check out the article, Eye for Talent, period, on Cover1.net. 
Um, thank you for going on this wonderful journey with us. So we just had some ranting to do. I know this is more of a rant deal, but don't forget, 25% off Numb Bills fan in the promo at uh, ShadyRays.com. Wednesday, ni- Wednesday nights, we have a show, BillsForLife.com. Always check or, or uh, Facebook.com, Numb Bills fan, brought to you by Bills for Life. My bad, but always check your feeds. And... Uh... For those of you out there who've ever wanted to come hang out with us in real life, we got a little event that we're going to be a part of coming up. Uh, April 27th and April 28th at Thurman's 34 Rush at Batavia Downs. We're going to be uh, we're going to be guests on uh, Rock Sports Network's draft show, which will be uh, you know a live broadcast with the host of the Huddle. Formerly the Bills Fanatic Show, no longer the Bills Fanatic Show. It's called the Huddle now with Ryan and Icy. Shout out to those guys. Um, you know Mario and Paul from Hashtag Sports are going to be there. Spencer German from 105.5 The Team here in Rochester. Nate Geary from WGR 550 in Buffalo. He's going to be he's going to be out there. And our man Drew Gear from our last podcast over at the Rockpile Report. We're all going to be down there hanging out, watching the draft, and you know we're going to have a little show coming up with those guys. It's going to be a real good time. So yeah, head down there, 7 o'clock, Thursday the 27th, Friday the 28th, and again, that's at Batavia Downs, Thurman's 34 Rush Bar, and that is uh, 8315 Park Road in Batavia. Yeah, no, and there will be giveaways and raffles and all sorts of fun times. Yeah, so- food and drink specials. Come talk your game. Good food. Maybe we can talk about things. We won't talk about the podcast. Maybe I can give you some advice about... Yo, listen, come down. We're going to party. We're going to gamble. They got they got hotel rooms. BataviaDownsGaming.com if you want to book a room. I probably will. I'm going to get wild. I'm, I, I'm finna get lit. And Yo. Don't, don't forget PunchDrunkSports.com. They are great. And funny, and uh, subscribe to their podcast. Yeah, find them. sports and subscribe to us, rate us if you like us, and to everybody, thank you so much for if you checked out the article on CoverOne.net uh, that 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 I wrote for it. Thank you so much for reading it. It takes a lot for me to write because uh, the OCD kicks in, and I want to be, I want to make sure I have everything set, and it takes a lot of energy. So. If I do write something, it'll probably be something that can be relevant for a few months instead of just – I'm not good at just quick little snippets. So uh, – Yeah, but you know what? There's so many people out here who are. It, it, it's it's great. There, there, there's a balance to this to this Bill's, this Bill's coverage right now. Well, we like, picked up people because they found the article on Reddit. They found the article – you know, like a bunch of people have been posting it thankfully. So thank you for totally – if you found this podcast because of that – Awesome. Thank you. And don't forget, uh, find me on Twitter at NumBillsFan and this guy. Yeah, NumBills, Adam D on Twitter. All right. Thank you so much for all the support, everybody. We really appreciate it. We sure do. See you next time. See you.